Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. This is the Internet's only college football podcast and that's kind of a shame (laughs) (laughs) y'all more like more like more like the full last damn more like the furl cast the furl cast more like the literally shut down full cast again the shut in furl cast (laughs) the shut down yeah y'all We have, gonna, it's just going to be an hour of this, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. They've earned it, don't you think? That's true. I can't the stop them shut now. Shut up, full cast. <laughs> the butt down full cast, because we're on the couch for the next three months. <laughs> Man, that was clever. <laughs> uh, uh, dang it. That's what happened. You let him into your house, and pretty soon, pretty soon, pretty soon, you find out. No, I can't even do that joke tonight. Woo! Hey, y'all, we got some updates. Cause you say, "Oh, man, <laughs> what could have happened over the past like week?" Everybody's well, still quarantined, except for you, patriots out there. Let's review the possible reasons why this show would be on its last episode. Uh, one, we all got sick of doing it. Maybe, like. In theory, for four normal humans, that would be a very reasonable case. Nice um, try. 
Number two, yeah. um, podcast advertisers stopped having interest in it. Also seems exceedingly likely. It's not actually the case. Somehow, some way. Um, number three, the FCC or some other authority stepped in and said, no, you can't do this anymore. It's, it hurt my ears too much. Not the case either. Spencer, what's behind door number four? Hang on, I'm trying to get him a koosh ball so he has something to do. God oh. damn it. Door number four? Yeah. I, I got two words for you. Furlough. Furlough. Yeah. Furlough. It, it's, it ain't a kind. It rhymes with Merlot, as in what you can drink at 10.30 a.m. Apple bottom jeans. God damn it. <sighs> yeah. I am drinking straight. Listen, I am drinking straight straight vodka, and I will for the entirety of this episode. Oh, I thought you were going to say for the entirety of of, of our furlough. You, I might do that too. Can't we, prove I'm not. We we appreciate the solidarity. <laughs> right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody's breaking up bad. It's them. Oh, we're breaking up? Yeah. Yeah, y'all got red bars. Mmm. Okay, just take it from there. We should be okay. I was trying to make a breakup joke. I know. So, yeah, Ryan's idea of solidarity, going hard like a Russian for three months. I really appreciate that. If you could just start a soccer riot in the streets of Nashville, that'd be real good. It's just going to be you. And, again, all the patriots out there begging to get uh, a potentially lethal virus. No, no. All the, all the Patriots are getting traded to Tampa. <laughs> no, we're not doing that tonight. This is a place of healing. <laughs> Gronk in Tampa? Yeah, we... That is healing. Oh, this is good. They're breaking up like crazy. Virus. Nature yeah. is returning to its natural <laughs> <laughs> Nature is returning its natural state. Gronk is returning to his habitat. I looked out the window in the middle of the street. There's just a Gronk out there. So anyway, this is this is perfect. <laughs> to be to be quite frank, it is perfect that um Ryan and I can only sort of guess what Spencer and Holly are saying. I can get half of it. Um, and then I use context clues to fill in the rest. It's it kind be- of like going to a Spanish-speaking country when you learned Spanish in high school, but you are not recently out of high school. Ryan, what is it possible that you are getting half and I am getting half, and it, this is like a team-building thing? We're we have to, to, we have to combine them in some way? Yeah. We should try it. Um Okay, hold on. Yeah, they record their own track, and then you, when you're editing this, you can piece it all together to make it make sense. How about now? It's fine. Uh, We hear you again. It's cool. (laughs) There's one thing I want is for Spencer to talk louder. (laughs) So (laughs) overcome. So yeah, technical adversity. Just gonna just gonna bend the internet to my will with sheer volume. <laughs> no, uh, if you if you're not like the rest of us and do not spend substantial time poisoning your brain on Twitter.com, you may have missed the news that Jason Kirk and I have been furloughed for the next three months by Vox Media. But that's not all. 
No, no, no. Alex Kirshner and uh, and Richard Johnson, our compatriots at Banner Society, have also been furloughed. Um, I uh, know. Along with, I, I, along with, yeah. What sorry, is the sorry. exact number? What is the exact number at SB Nation? Oh, come it is, on, yeah. come on! Like we're like like that information would be given to us. Come on, calm down. Like twenty two. 24. Uh, I think uh, it's higher. I think it's I, higher. I like 22 because now we are a rogue football team. Sure. Yeah. But it, 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 feels, it feels like it was higher, though. I think it's the unit of measurement you would call a website. A website of furloughs. Mm. Yeah. Like, it, like the unit of measurement is like one really cool sports website worth of talent furloughed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are... Uh, we are furloughed. What that what that means is that uh, we don't, we don't get paid. We still technically have our jobs, but we don't get paid. <laughs> we just don't do them. <laughs> and I'm proud yeah. to be an American, where at least I don't get paid. <laughs> got still got. Hey, listen, still get health insurance, and we've still got access to Vox Slack. Turn up. No, I don't think you do actually. Yeah, they'll, yeah. Act, they'll turn that off. Slack. Yeah. Now you better no, get, your slack, get your yeah. slack in while you can. Yeah, man. Come on. Mm. Also, you're never in Slack. What are you talking about? Spencer, uh, if, if you have any special memories in Okta and Ultipro that you want to <laughs> capture, uh, all, all my all my like HR folks out there, you know what those words mean. That's good. You can tell me because I barely do. Screenshot that. Yeah. It's a great time for Spencer to find out we have email. I think <laughs> I think um <clears throat> obviously it's no surprise that uh the full cast is being affected by these furloughs because when you think about what is a media property deeply dependent on sports happening so that those sports can be talked about <laughs> in a direct and serious <laughs> way. Like it's this show. It's this show. Wait. Uh, Ryan, sorry, you're my boss, but that would imply that this show is valued or even acknowledged uh, in normal economic times. Um, you know, it's it's. I like to think of our show as the uh, the elements on the periodic table that nobody remembers. Like they're there, and they are obviously important, or they wouldn't be on the periodic table. But nobody ever gets them in that Sporkle quiz, except nerds. Like uh... nice. Are we like, nicing our way through this, really? Eh, for now. Like the, on the periodic table, we're like the tennessee Wow. Okay. It's on there. Tennessee-um. It's on there. It's never done a goddamn thing, but it's what? on there. Couldn't, like, Californium's on there, too. Goddamn, dude. Bunch of chemicals at the end of the periodic table that are just somebody made in a lab for 0.00008 seconds yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah it's that type of shit this like, sort of, like, this sort of like dude per- those are like the dude perfect elements <laughs> where they like made it for three seconds and all the other scientists went oh dudium yeah <laughs> bro thank you Kel. <clears throat> um wow. All right, so I think what we're doing tonight, and again, this is just a perfect night for the audio to just be garbage. Um, we're going to start by – we. I, I sent out a, um, a Google form for y'all to ask us questions about the full cast. There is a reason I did this, and the reason is 
um, I have had the distinct pleasure of discussing this show with important people at Vox Media. Um, And one of the comments I got from these important people at Vox Media is that they thought the show was too insular. They thought the show was uh, was not accessible to people who hadn't been listening for a long time or didn't get certain jokes, whatever, whatever. The punchline is that we found out later that these people don't watch college football. Yeah, I mean, one, I of, I may have spotted one of these people, I'm not going to name names, but one of these people may have pointed a Spencer tweet out to me um, that had a photo of Nick Saban on it. That was in some, it was like a promotion for a live show, or I don't know what it was. And this person said, see, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Um, so in the interest of uh, not cooperating because there's no fucking point, we decided to do the most insular show possible. And this is the show where we're going to talk about our own show. So if you are new here, I'm sorry. The good news is you have every reason to bail now. Ryan, can we call it an explainer? No, we can't because this show can't be explained. <laughs> I think that's what I've learned over the last year is that this show cannot adequately be What explained. we have learned is that apparently to keep our jobs, we should have been making sports news for people who don't watch sports. Right. And Which, that's a neat trick. You know, technically, that's everybody right now. So, hmm. Um, so with that, yeah, I'm going to let y'all, uh, pick one off the pile here and we'll just do this until, uh, somebody's internet dies or I accidentally stop the recording. I don't like any of these. Okay. Um, let's see. I can start us off. So if you don't like any of them, I I like a couple of them. You're on the wrong tab. All right. You're on the wrong tab. (laughs) You're on the wrong tab. (laughs) Only took three. Good job. There's only two tabs, so. Hang on, I gotta get him a single grape. Let's go. Like as a as a reward for picking the right tab. Yes. You you just called. This is one of my favorite media stories. You just called me Chris Matthews, but that okay. That makes you Keith Olbermann. When Keith Olbermann and Chris Matthews were covering, I don't fucking know what election cycle. I think it was 2004 together. And someone interviewed Keith Olbermann later to ask him what it had, it came up in an interview, what it had been like working with Chris Matthews. And he said that sometimes uh, in commercials, Chris Matthews would turn to Olbermann and boast of his restraint during the previous segment. And the interviewer said, what happens then? And Olbermann says, I reward him with a grape. And all I can picture is just Keith Olbermann gently placing a single craft services grape into the patiently waiting maw. Sure. Chris Matthews. Like media um, communion. Yeah, whenever anybody asks uh, what mine Spencer's relationship is from now on, this is just what I'm going to tell them. That's that's fair. That's yeah, entirely deeply, fair. It's deeply unflattering to both of us, so let's use it. Yeah, it's way better than the truth. So, Ben in Houston asks, How y'all doing? This is more of a feelings ball question. I don't know. It's a good way to start. I'm good. I don't like... I mean, it sucks. You're, but... you're, I was going to say, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it, not as much as you would think. But uh, honestly, there are people in a way worse situation than me. Right? And and I just mean that globally speaking. Right? Again, furloughed sucks. 
it confirms a lot of things that you think. It shows you a couple of things that maybe you didn't realize. And um, it's really bad for your savings account on the whole. But I'm, I'm actually like, this is me being very sincere and in touch with my feelings here. I want to thank every single person who emailed me, every single person who tweeted us, every single person who has written hard for us and has been so goddamn kind over the past week about the full cast, about Banner Society, about everyone we work with. Yeah, it's too bad we don't work for any of you. Um, I really cannot sum up the gratitude and like warmth I've felt uh, reading all of that. So much so that I answered emails, you know, I, I will, you send me an email. I, I'm, I'm going to answer it because I have a lot of time on my hands. Also, uh, I cannot thank the following two entities enough sponsors, Homefield and Cowbucker, both unbidden and unprompted just started selling shirts for all of us who had been furloughed and I've come through with, I believe just North of $30,000 to get the four of us through the summer, which um, just saying it out loud is, is kind of absurd in how inadequate the words thank you are. So thank you to them. And thank you to everybody who has been so incredibly kind over the last week. Homefield <clears throat> took the time to design two new shirts, both of which are great. Although, if I'm being honest, like the one that made me giggle more was Stephen Godfrey Hates My Team, because I saw several people on Twitter say that they're going to buy that and wear it to an old miss game. Um, <laughs> and then and then Cowbucker also uh released a new hat on our on our behalf, the Do Crimes hat. Which is 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 a hat that says do crimes. I don't think I need to describe it in greater detail than that. It was just like it was it was simultaneously very nice and a little bit strange, and I'll explain that shortly. But like it was very nice that both of these companies who we've enjoyed working with and have have reached out initially because they know who we are and they like the show, et cetera, et cetera that they did this on their own. It's not like Holly or I went to them and said, Hey, could you help us out? It is a little weird in the span of what? 15 hours going from, Hey, your company is not going to pay you any dollars and your sponsor is going to pay you lots of dollars. We are now NASCAR racers. That's kind of right. Either that or like early MMA fighters. Yeah, we got Jimmy John's shorts. <laughs> I'm getting gold. I'm getting the Golden Palace tat on my back. I am going to be sponsored by Mellow Yellow because all I want to see when you look at me is petty. Yeah, Ryan's going to be sponsored by, by. Really, nothing. Oh God, I just made the NASCAR connection. God damn it. Okay, I'm not going to miss you at all. <laughs> As an alley you pass and you drop the ball. How out of character. We're not going to do the full cast anymore. Holly and I will be starting our own podcast where Holly gets to talk without being interrupted. But then what are you doing on the podcast? Just listening quietly. Nobody wants that. Damn it. <laughs> For men. Um, also, we got 42 questions here. So if we could do the rest of them at a clip. Yeah. Um, Spencer, you know, it's great that you have feelings, but... 
All right. Um, I'll take this next one. And Holly, I need your help with it because you're the, you're the only other one who will know the answer to this. Have you ever considered a musical episode <laughs> from Brian? I don't, I don't think we have. I think, Five minutes. I think we know that like Spencer would hate it and Jason would have no well, frame Spencer of reference. Spencer loves the music, man. It's the last show. I can say it. Spencer loves the music, man. Spencer loves, oh, of course Spencer loves the, the musical about fraud. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's the best one. About fraud and thinking with your dick. And and marching bands. Yeah, that's true. That is sort of your Love trifecta. And wrestling and says that musicals are trash. Okay. I have watched Les Mis two and a half times. What? How did that happen? Um, I would guess Emily made me watch it once, and then maybe I snuck another viewing. Okay. Do you do you like Les Mis? Yeah, I like the. Uh, I mean, Anne Hathaway alone is awesome enough to watch. Also, I like how Russell. What? Kirk and- she's the worst part of that movie. <laughs> she's okay, she's the second worst part. All right. Of that. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on because you said we have to go fast, Holly. So you have to pick the next question. Boom. Why did Brian Floyd initially call y'all from a dial-up AOL connection from a country shack, thirty-five miles outside Pullman? Have you been to Pullman is my answer to reader Robert Baker. Next question. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a burst. I'm going to do a few of them at a time. We're going to switch from semi-auto, not fully auto, but we're going to go with the three round burst. Uh, Yeah, you got it. Not an important detail at all, but do you guys have a video feed going between you while you record? We keep trying to guess based on the crosstalk patterns and it's highly inconclusive. Thank you, Matt. Uh, The funny thing is on this very episode, we tried video. And we realized we did not have the <laughs> did not have the Wi-Fi strength between our three collective networks to pull it off. So very often we are completely guessing as to who might be speaking next. I realize this is probably not a surprise based on the audio. Um, Thanks, from, <laughs> from sorry, my brain is as broken as those dicks. Uh, our favorite reader. I've wondered this more often than I'd like to admit the dick pill ad people stopped buying dick pill ad time because you made fun of their dick pill ads or had they already stopped advertising when you, when you started making fun of them. Uh, Ryan, you know this better than I do, but I believe it was, it was definitely, we started making fun of them and then they stopped buying. Oh, well, so that's not entirely right. We did start well, also, making fun of I started reading all of them. Yes. Um, we started making fun of them in various ways. That's where for men comes from, of course. Uh, but we also did say, I said at least at some point, like, look, you should be aware that it turns out there are women and other people without dicks who listen to this show. And therefore we would like advertising that is not quite so flying in the face of that fact. And we kind of just said, no, we don't want to do those reads anymore. And fortunately, like the ad people, um, like didn't really give me too much trouble about that. There was also, there's that. And there's also like, it was funny for like a month. And then it was like, we are making all our listeners feel like they're old guys with broken dicks. And that's, I'm going to say something controversial. That's not the audience you most want to court. Like, it's cool if those folks listen, but like, that's not like, no, but there are plenty That's of not people. going on the front of the PowerPoint. They I also have a lot of sports content that's already directed towards them as it is. I also feel like, look, if you are a listener with a broken dick, hey, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. And I hope it's not broken for much longer. I also sincerely hope that you are not waiting for the ads on this podcast to take medical advice of any sort. 
Oh, yeah. No, hey, can I give you my favorite real quick sponsor thing that didn't work out? Remember Trunk Club? Like we had like some yes. kind of Trunk Club where they would send us clothes. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing was they kept sending me clothes and I kept sending them back and I was like, no, these are all ugly. <laughs> and I did that like three times and they were like, so do you like any of them? And I was like, these are all, these are all bad and I don't like any of them. And they never emailed me again. Nope. Were they like not sending you any tank tops? Not one tank top, not a single pair of bespangled boot cut jeans, not one. Oh, God, that's the business we need. Um, from Matt from Michigan, especially given recent events, would love to hear the story about how the whole team came together over the years. So we did do an episode on this. I believe it's titled Your First Full Cast Episode. We tried to, bear, uh, we tried to pin it at the top of our feeds, but not not technically proficient enough so just go hunt for that that's sort of the public lore and uh right now you folks are getting the internal lore don't make me say that in petrino voice i won't i promise i won't um okay let's 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 get this one right out how many people listen per week that's from dale deputy uh i have no reason not to tell you this now the answer is between 16 and 19,000 people an episode. Roughly. That's insane. Which way do you think it's insane? I'm asking seriously. Oh, that's way too many. Um, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, that's way too many people. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I wish it was a lot more people. I, I will tell you in, in light of the of to apologize for. In light of the furloughs, I wish it was a much higher number than that. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. So it's not it's definitely not the biggest sports podcast. It's not, I will say this once and then we never have to go back to it again. It's not the biggest college football podcast, huh? but it's a fun, it's a fun thing. And we, and like, clearly there is a solid core of people who listen to it. Why is that number not bigger? We will get to that later. I promise. Also on the subject, on the subject of like theoretical other college football podcasts. Yeah. Um, you know, we can say we are definitely one of the very biggest. Yes, yes, I think that is right. I think that is right. And we are the only one. Also, yeah, that. that is that is the uh, also the, that that the, is the, the, is the that is and I, honestly, I don't know why that wasn't enough to sway most of the ad sales. Frankly, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, so this is a good idea, Jason. I'll, I'll see if I can knock off a couple of these. Yeah, let's get moving. Sure. Um, how does Spencer choose his talking about the Bucks song guitar riff? Um, it is a generic. This is a good time for me to take a refill break. Yeah, it is a generic guitar riff uh, out of uh, rock ba- out of uh, Garage Band. Yeah, Garage Band. Yeah, just Garage Band on 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 your Mac. That's it. With uh, with you hit like pattern match with the drums, and that's it. I think it's like riff seventeen. It's like metal. Yeah. And then they're talking about the Bucks. Uh, I don't know. That's just what. I just felt that from my soul about the entire miserable state of Ohio, that if you really kind of opened up that oyster, that Pearl would look at you and begin singing the box. That's it. You know, and uh, I don't, I don't hate you, Frank. I really don't. I don't even hate the state of Ohio. I'm not living there, but you know, a lot of people went to Ohio state made that same decision too. So ain't we all in the same boat next uh, when will you return and what will you do with your time off? This comes from Rachel, age 12. Aww. Rachel, I have no idea. None. I don't, I don't know when we'll return. There's a furlough of three months. There's a visitation on like uh, July 31st that everybody's supposed to 
come together, congregate and say, hey, here, here's you either work here or you don't. And uh, I know I'll make a decision and I don't really give a fuck what anyone else decides about it. How's that? <laughs> The, the kind of Rachel, thing you want to say to 12. a 12 year old Spencer doesn't give a fuck <laughs> I'm going to tell you Rachel you're 12 I'm going to tell you this there's going to come a time in life where you have to say you think I shouldn't be on this team uh, well cool any team without me is a, a poor one I will say a, tw- a 12 year old who's been quarantined for a month has probably said fuck or heard fuck by now so I don't feel as bad you heard this listen are we talking about books no 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 but kind of, I'm cussing at a 12-year-old. Oh, cool. With a 12-year-old. Cussing to a 12-year-old. Spencer, this is cool Uncle Spencer. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, not like the kid that you cussed at the Gator Bowl. No, 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 not like that. No, this is, this is kindly cussing. This yeah. is the cussing of advice. So, Rachel, listen. Go ahead and make your own decisions in life, okay? And understand that the phrase, kiss my ass, you get about eight of those in life, make them count. I plan to because I haven't used up all mine. And finally, um, the next question, <laughs> why did they make you quit doing live shows? The real salt of the earth ones, not the stupid South by South. <laughs> this, okay, I do want to, I do want to dispute that. South by, overall, I think South by is very stupid and largely ruins what is a super fun town. But the, the South by show we did last year was awesome. And right. I am very, very glad we did it. Yeah, I think we yes. overseen the adversity of our circumstances. Yes. It was also fun because that was a show where we got to request uh, from the people running uh, the Vox Media Outpost there that we needed dealing with divas. We needed a bottle of um, of fuck. Why is this a fireball? Yeah, so a fireball to uh, represent Brian Floyd as a totem, and we kind of said it as a joke, and someone turned around and ran for it. Right, and we they we had them bring out a uh, like an ice bucket with fireball in it and just sit it in a seat. We quit doing the live shows because uh, we were told they were out of budget and not supported. So we would have had to pay for those out of our own pocket. Also, when I, uh, yeah, when I, the first time I answered this question truthfully online, uh, I got called to the principal's office. We can, we can just say what the answer is. When we, one of the things we wanted to do when we started Banner Society was, um, not only grow and improve the two podcasts we have, but expand upon them and try some new shows and like explore a lot of untouched real estate. Within that, we were very clear that... Wait, can I start with... Can I put the joke in here? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Because there's a reason this is really funny. Yeah, sorry. The reason we wanted to do this, by the way, is you know not only artistic growth, but... We were trying to plan for a future in which uh, digital advertising was not a major factor in our business. So it's really too bad we didn't end up getting to do any of that stuff, huh? Well, live and learn. Um, Funny! (laughs) um, Anyway. Anyway. We said we would need a podcast producer to, A, improve the current shows and help them, like, explore new ground and start new shows. Uh, you may remember if you've listened to this show for a while that we listed for a podcast producer. Holly did a lot of work interviewing and um, going through resumes for potential candidates. It was only two months that extended into our first football season as a team. So I had a lot of free time. Uh, 
if you're listening to this podcast and you heard the beginning where Spencer and Holly just dropped out for a section and Jason and I commented on how normal that was, you can probably guess that we didn't get a podcast producer. And that is largely why we stopped doing live shows. Uh, because it turns out when you're already writing and editing, uh, you know, for a website and a newsletter and you are the hosts of your own podcast, that it doesn't leave a lot of spare time to effectively plan and execute live shows. I am very sorry that the ping pong place we went to in Jacksonville uh, closed. I think that was before the pandemic, but if they just want to blame it on COVID instead of us, that would be great. Plagues the both of us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll I'll do a I'll do a lightning round if y'all don't mind. Yeah. Um, did you ever hear from John Popper or his people, if he has people, after that behind the full cast episode? This I is almost from, deleted this question. This is from uh, Abdi Haji. I uh, no, no, I we never heard a thing, and that's fine. I feel entirely good about that. Um. <clears throat> Let's see. Let me grab another random. I sort of just took the random ones here. Uh, why, how does the active lineup of the show change week to week? Is there a selection process, some other determination of who's on one week, but not the, uh, not the next? That's from Rumblin' Buff. I would say 20% of the time there is some consideration. Like sometimes we will uh, decide, one of us will decide to sit out because it's a topic we're not really well versed in. The The WrestleMania episode was a good example. I didn't watch it. I have like very little wrestling background and I was sort of like, well, <clears throat> sleep sounds good. So I'm fine if y'all just do this one without me. Most of the time it comes down to somebody's kid is sick or somebody themselves is sick or somebody forgot we have to record or whatever. And that is more likely the reason why somebody is or is not on um, in a given week. And we try then, to make it Ryan or me missing the show. Cause we know who y'all are here for. That's, <laughs> that's pretty it's, accurate. It's Brian Floyd. Um, yeah. And then I'll, I, this is the last one I'll do in the sliding round. Who is someone that you found out listens to the show that surprised you? Um, broadly speaking, uh, and, and you, you all may have different answers for this. My answer is media members. Like I don't, there are other media members who work for respectable institutions who listen to our show. And that is super wild to me. It's not like, I'm very flattered and I'm super appreciative that they do. Um, but like, I don't. I did not ever think that that would be a thing that would happen at all. I think my single favorite is the time we found out Tom Crean was like secondhand. Oh God, I forgot to, about this. Yeah. Secondhand subjected to the audio of us talking about Tom Crean. Right. Yeah. We can't, we can't top that. That's my favorite. No, achievement. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we, we found out at the Michigan show that there was a woman uh, working in Tom Crean's athletic department who happened to be playing aloud a full cast episode where we talked about Tom Crean as Tom Crean walked through. Spencer, like, what are the odds S- of that? Spencer and Holly, to your knowledge, who is the like most famous person who listens to this show or has listened at some point? John Walsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Walsh of ESPN has actually listened to this show. Formerly of ESPN, John, yeah. John Walsh really likes you and me. I find that odd. 
Yeah. He's an odd guy. Yeah. I mean, Bomani has been on the show. Sure. Oh, yeah. Most yeah. Forgetting. Yeah, Mina Mina Times has uh, appeared. I should have just show. said Jane Coaston. Um, I I had the very strange experience of finding out. I think I just found out this year that uh, a friend of mine lives who lives back home listens to this show, and the reason this is weird is because I am the frivolous dumb one at home. I know nothing is different here, um, but you know my beautiful charismatic. A uh, friend with a glass blowing degree at home uh, just starts talking to me about the full cast one day, and I was like, "You're shitting me!" Like as if I could feel like any more mortified when I go home about my career path. But hi, Kara, I love you. You're there, pretty. Can, can Spencer go get a glass a glass blowing degree in three months at Tennessee Tech? It'll take longer than three months, but they have a whole art, they got a whole art school out in the. Damn world. it! No, I'm going carpentry. Ugh. Well, you're going blacksmithing. Blacksmithing really isn't going to get you very far because the world already has better ways of making nails and knives. Uh, what about swords? No, <laughs> no, that's true. Listen. Oh and, my God! Please open a mall sword and, shop. And in pandemic, and in in pandemic America, I just have this sale for swords. Don't have to reload a sword. You know, the only thing funnier than a mall sword shop is a non-mall sword shop where you're like, <laughs> that used to be a pizza hut. <laughs> They used to be a bank, and now it's a sword shop. But sword shop, I know it exists. <laughs> Send us the photo. We're having Spencer. A can you open pandemicswords.com? <laughs> a freestanding sword shop. I want you to wait outside it because that's where actual ninjas shop. That's right. That's right. Where you're like, this used to be a photo development hut, and now we sell swords. <laughs> you're like, yes, yes, Master Han, great great genius of the katana come on into this former pizza hut we'll show you a real slice (laughs) while you were worried about digital media ad sales i was mastering the blade (laughs) (laughs) master tanizaki please turn left at the pool supply store Go into that abandoned mini mall and you will see an abandoned pizza hut. Right next to the driver's ed course station. <laughs> right next to the DUI stand-up comedy school. Got a bunch of fucking skateboarders out front. All with, all with swords. Past the dialysis center, you will see the sword shop. Kidneys, the swords of the body. <laughs> Have I told y'all about my mom taking Tai Chi and I was going to visit and asked her if she had gotten up to the level of Tai Chi where they give you the sword because she's been taking it for a while now. And without a backward glance or a beat to think about it, she says, my hands are my swords. and just keep right on walking. Not a flinch, not a stutter. But also she has at least two machetes in my car that I know. Uh, well, yeah. Cause you, you might lose a hand. Yeah. I'll do some questions. Okay. Can you tell a Sun Bowl story? Not to be confused with the Sun Bowl story. Hmm. Okay, sure, Notre Dame nihilist. I will tell a Sun Bowl story. My favorite Sun Bowl is a tie between Hit winning the Sun Bowl three to nothing yep. over Oregon State. And the year that it snowed in El Paso when Notre Dame was there. That's not, the, U- that's not the USF game? 
And they were, wait, no, was it the, I'm talking about the year where they had to clear snow off the field. Oh, with the helicopter. Cafeteria tables sideways, uh, like, like plows, handmade plows. And then they cut to commercial and under the bumper music, they showed, I think, a school employee trying to clear the end zone with a rake. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. Anyway, that's my Sun Bowl story. My my personal favorite is the 2007 Brute Sun Bowl. Oregon Ducks versus the South Florida Bulls. That's where half of the USF team was viciously hung over. I still use my hairdryer from that stumble. Yes, and Matt Grothy puked on the sideline. Yes. Does he still rap? I hope so. You can't stop that once you start. All right. Uh, Next question from Justin. I don't hear enough from Floyd. Can you do a Floyd-only episode at some point? Yeah, next week. They're all Floyd-only episodes now, baby. Thank you, Justin. Aren't you glad you asked? Um, let's see if there's any more here I want to answer. Holly and possums, shruggy emoji, shruggy emoji. Yes, is my answer to that question. Uh, if you want to know when possums entered the shutdown full cast universe, it was the year, which year Tennessee beat South Carolina? There are so many. Just it was the year Tennessee beat. It was the year Tennessee beat the Spurrier South Carolina team in the deeply unfair fashion. Not the Kiffin year. The one after that. Two thousand eight. No. Just look at ten. Anyway, I started uh, hollering and singing along to uh, "Our God is an Awesome God" youth group anthem, but changed all the words uh, that rhyme with possum. If you're possum. looking. It, you said you said it's not the Kiffin year, or it not is the Kiffin, Kiffin year. It was after that. Uh, then it's probably um, twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. It's twenty fourteen. That tracks. Okay. okay. Anyway, Holly Possums. Okay, last question. Aren't you glad you asked? Last question. How old is the shutdown full cat? Uh, he will be ten in July. Thank you for asking. This is. This is actually helpful information for me because I have never been clear as to which of the two cats is the full cat. It is the boy cat. Okay. Uh, the, the, the boy cat is more of a dog. This is helpful to know. Sure. And the, for context, if you roll back to the dumb dogs episode, the boy cat grew up with champ as a male role model. And champ is not a dog. So it tells <sighs> us that Joe is not a cat. The other cat is extremely a cat, which means I see her for like 15 minutes a day and the rest of the day she's off doing cat shit. She has yet to be on the show because she is a cat and has her own life, unlike our other cat, a dog. Thank you for being with us on this journey. Okay. Jason, let the chopper loose. Uh, I think I'm going to go for five here. Wow! Because I see see two addressed to me and three that... um, or me and Spencer mostly, uh, from Barrett. I still don't get what the shutdown full back was. Brother, same. Yeah. Uh, was it fun to make? Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Would you do it again if someone would pay for it? I would do anything if someone would pay for it. Uh, what should I watch from the original run that holds up? I don't fucking remember any of it. <laughs> I remember the ACC episode as being my favorite. The cocktail party episode. Cocktail party episode. Yeah, that was that was fun. We did we we went and shot live in Jacksonville at Florida, Georgia. Um, but yeah, uh, every, every now and then somebody will send me a clip, and I'm like, who the fuck are these people who are so happy to be online? So young, um, so so like youthful too. Yeah, 
uh, from the bopper longtime reader. Is there a moment of shutdown fullback you wish you hadn't done? Uh, probably. I don't, <laughs> uh, second question. How did y'all predict Chip Kelly to the Eagles? This was how I learned that we apparently predicted Chip Kelly to the Eagles. I don't remember this at all. Me yeah, neither. So yeah. I'm going to take your word on it because you have been a very honest friend to us for many years online. Um, why was the, from Zaz, why was the video version of Shutdown Fullback canceled? Uh, so YouTube gave, I don't even, we weren't even Vox Media yet. We were still SB Nation. Correct. Uh, they gave the whole company a million dollars to make a YouTube channel. Which there, can, can, I, can I add like a real quick fun aside here? Yeah. So one of the things, and this predates me, so I've just heard this, but one of the things that the company decided to do with the YouTube money was send cameras out <clears throat> to um, <laughs> like people who worked for team sites at that point so that they could do like fairly basic but hopefully good videos on their own. They decided that the best way to ship this equipment, because I think somebody like found a deal or whatever, was to ship them all in gun cases. It turns out, when you send like a hundred gun cases out, some questions pop up and some things get flagged. So I think like legal had a really fun month where they had to explain why a media company based in Washington, <laughs> DC was sending 100 gun cases all over the country. I remember when these things showed up, it was like uh, me and Bud are like, you know, take, take the rifle case, open it up throw the shit in it over your shoulder, close it again, and admire your new rifle case. <laughs> it was like, did you, did you get the stuff in the case? Like, huh? Yeah, there was some, there was some uh, I don't know, some object in there, but not a sweet rifle case. Fortunately, that was the only time uh, that Vox's perception of the south and middle of the country uh, ran afoul of anything that they didn't understand. Carpet, carpet baggers, what are they? <laughs> Um, also, how did you pick your recording spot? Mostly thinking of Jason here. Uh, I record on, usually on my back porch, sometimes on my front porch. Um, I've done it in cars, in parking lots, just, just a weary traveler. Uh, mainly I, I, our weather is nice and no one gives a shit if our audio is nice. So these things go hand in hand. Um, the birds provide nice ambience. Sometimes the, uh, hurricanes and, uh, World War One bombers, do not provide good ambience. And also there's usually a lot of people in our house. So I come out here and I say, y'all, I got a podcast and I got to smoke some, smoke some pork. So, you know, that's enough to sort of convey like, man, don't go out there. There's really important stuff happening. He's providing for our family right now. Yeah. I'm making money and feeding y'all. And now, and, and now all I can do is smoke stuff. Cause there's no more, no more podcasts. At, but, but wait, uh, <laughs> from Peter, what is the dumbest, silliest idea you had in an episode that ended up working out way better than expected? Uh, E.G. Jason takes everyone to Bible school. Bible episode was actually Ryan's idea. Ryan was pushing for it for a long time. Um, and it turned out to be, I thought it was very fun. I had a lot of fun doing it as a person whose brain is at least 49% youth group. Um, and it seemed a lot of listeners sort of come from similar environments or like Spencer come from a complete opposite environment. <laughs> And it felt like everybody had fun. Um, and this is sort of how I am actually going to be spending a lot of my summer. Uh, I've started a solo-ish podcast, Vacation Bible School, VBS podcast on Twitter, jasonkirk.substack.com. Me, uh, me and my wife are working on the first episode, Genesis 1 through 5. She is making charts. Oh, my and, God. Wow. Yeah. Was yeah. Like a wife guy, so <clears throat> way to bring Emily in on this. Yeah. She, I mean, she was like, I haven't read this in a long time. She's like, all right, so 
Adam is a bit like God is 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 bringing animals before Adam like like he's fucking Cinderella, like that's that's what happens toward the end of uh, right. Yeah. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I want to have a lot of like you know weirdo sports internet guests on here. Was Adam um, the first label maker? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, Kane was the first wife guy because Adam and Eve were not actually married. Oh shit! I already went to school. Yeah. Also, uh, we will we will we will get into this. But when Cain was born, it is canon. He was born not as a baby, but as a man. Damn! He looked down and said, "Holy shit! There's an entire man." Hey. So no one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked down and Cain said, "Hey, mama." And she's like, "Fuck this!" Like, oh, that's a bad sign. Yeah, this this guy's going to turn out great. It's probably not great. I feel like we missed some formative years. This here. guy's going to have some issues. <laughs> we better try again. Was Kane the first Gronk? I like to imagine yeah. that Kane was bored with jeans on. Oh, Abel Abel was incredibly Gronk. So they had. I, I've prepared a meme, and we're going to break this down further on our, our initial episode. But Abel was your. I, I have a meme on this. The Chad Virgin meme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abel is your Chad. Because what does he do? There's an offering. He shows up and he says, God, look at this. I got a sick load of protein. And just dumps meat at God's feet. And God is like, yeah, bro, this rules. Yeah, grill bastard. Yeah. And Cain is like, I brought you you some vegetables. And God is like, get that shit out of my sight, loser. So Cain kills Abel. (laughs) So subscribe today. There's There's no feed yet. You can subscribe on Twitter or Substack, though. Um, fuck. Now I'm just I'm stuck on Kane being born with jeans on, like All right. si- singing "Kiss" as he comes out of the womb. <laughs> Spencer, take some questions. Yes, this one is from Aaron. Speaking of the Bible, individually, what are your favorite full cast episodes and full cast moments? My favorite one is Jason doing Bible stories. That is, that is the like most flawless single freestyle i have heard like there's like black thought and then there's jason yeah i stories i am long in my vocal insistence that every time jason unloads a monologue that you did not know was coming it is the best thing that happens uh that show and in surrounding shows my personal favorite one is a little bit of a deeper cut it was jason in i think year three of this show describing what would happen if the SEC went to war against itself. You basically were asking Jason to create a sieve board with just the SEC on it. Yeah. And it was a beautiful seven minute firework show. Um, <clears throat> on the subject of freestyling me talking about the Bible, that's white thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, but my favorite, my favorite moment that I've been a part of is, uh, an impromptu discursion into alternate moon history. I don't think I've, <laughs> I don't think I've now, and I hate citing that because like the part I laughed at hardest was started by something that I joked about, but goddamn, it's been in my head for a decade and I didn't even know it, which <laughs> is that once Neil Armstrong steps out of the LEM on Apollo 11, Buzz Aldrin locks the door and hits the ignite button and just leaves him on the moon while cackling madly. I still will turn a corner and randomly laugh thinking about that. We're going to come back to that in just a few minutes in a very special way. I have no answer to this question because the full cast is the thing 
by far the thing that I have spent the most time on professionally that I retained the least, like even episode to like this episode, when we put it out tomorrow, I will not remember the bulk of it. And it, it like, That's a gift. it's a weird, it's a weird brain thing where like people say, Oh, what is like, remember this? And I'm like, I honestly don't. I'm not trying to like slight my coworkers or myself. I just honestly don't remember 98% of the show. No, like somebody pointed out recently that our episode after the kick six, the first 20 minutes are talking about Arby's. Like, like we open like, Oh, so uh, Auburn won a game. I think that was, I think that was Justin Ferguson who pointed that out. Yeah. 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 yeah, It was just Ferguson. Yeah. And like I zero memory, but I was like, "Wow, that's a really funny idea." What if we really did? Oh, we really did do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, okay, let's throw this one out for for everybody. What has been the most surprising thing about doing these positive and negative? That is from loyal listener blanks. Um, positive is probably. I think how how game the audience has been for some really left turny shit. Like I think, you know, I'd have to go but Holly's been listening to the back catalog, um, so she could probably tell you if this is right or wrong. But <clears throat> I think when we started it, we sort of stuck to like some traditional modes of what a college football podcast would be in terms of how we structured the show and what we talked about, what we didn't talk about, whatever. And I think, I don't know, I feel pretty comfortable saying in the last year or two, we have gotten farther and farther away from that. And it's been really fun watching um, that, like the audience has largely gone with that. They're not all good. Like I know a lot of people hate the NPR episode or my Jeff Goldblum impression. (laughs) And that's fine. Like, that's fine. Um, but like people listened to him and tried him at least. Negative. Um, negative is probably like. Okay. Negative is probably that like this has always been really, really without much meaningful exception, a thing we all do on top of a regular job. And, and like, I don't mean to say that it's a burden, but sometimes it is hard because you're just like, shit. I feel like the full cast is the thing that got the last bit of attention or the thing we didn't pay attention to until the end. And sometimes that just sucks to just be like, fuck it. It sucks that like we are not podcasters by trade. Um, We want to do this show, but it can be the thing that at least for me gets pushed to the end. That is why there's an episode uh, where we just decided to talk about the, the sec sex tournament because we just forgot we had to record and just hopped on the phone. Yeah, I, I got to agree with that as, as far as the biggest negative to this. I It would be awesome if at some point in the future we could see what this show would look like when it had the kind of time to devote to it that we would like to devote to it. But so far, the environment we work in just hasn't made that possible. Yeah, the other negative thing is I've realized like how bad I am at it. <laughs> you know, like on the nights when you try, you're we like, "We tried to tell you." No, like there's very, there's very little uh, for me. There's very little in the way of how you do in an episode. Uh, there's very little difference between put a ton of prep in and walked in off the dome. There's just 
I'm not saying being prepared isn't a considerate or good thing to be. In terms of my own individual performance, uh, the asshole is just written into the DNA. Like, that that's about as good as it's going to get. See, you say that, but, like, English, small English town or quarterback prospect was great. Yeah. And that, like, was – you prepped the hell out of that. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's probably – that's probably your outlier, right? Well, I wasn't going to say that. That's the outlier. <laughs> Jason, you got positives and negatives? Uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of negatives. Like, we've sort of ran through the negatives earlier in here. But, like, I mean, the positives are, like, it's been fun as fuck. Like, this was some shit we literally started in our downtime. We weren't even considering it part of our jobs. Next thing you know, it was somehow officially part of our jobs. I still don't know how that happened. Um, but, <laughs> but that's cool, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's been fun as hell. I have been delighted to see the audience come along and, you know, when people, when we say like, all right, we're going to do an episode about football and people say, what, why? It's like, okay, you are, you are in the right place. You are our people. <laughs> you are actively revolting yeah. against the that we cover. Uh, perfect. Um, I may, I may be answering another question ahead sure, of time with this, go, but go the, the really surprising thing. And the best thing at the same time about it, I was not prepared and did not anticipate the level of devotion and the bond and the difference between somebody who reads you and someone who listens to you. That, oh, yeah. It is a oh, yeah. way, way more intense, way deeper, way more vibrant thing if somebody listens to your show, whatever the format is. And no matter how big or small you are, if people ride for you for like riding, that's like a pretty, that's a cool medium, right? That's something somebody's like, oh, I'll, I'll throw you a couple bucks with a credit card or I'll shout you out on Twitter or I'll, I'll maybe email you and say, hey, you did a good job. If you like someone's podcast, you'll drive like 200 miles to go see a bunch of strangers talk about this micro niche thing that you cover. It's also like, in our case especially, I think super flattering that there are people who are sad that this is not going to be a thing for the foreseeable future because like look i know we joke about the audio being grimy and but i am not i am not um insensitive to the fact that we make this a challenging experience frequently and if you have stuck it out and if you have like you still like what we do and you listen to some of these long ass episodes that seem to go nowhere and then just end out of nowhere like that's that really does mean a lot and that is really um really flattering and really validating in a lot of ways. On that note, I'll go ahead and rip this fun bandaid off. Uh, I want to yell at someone for killing off the two podcasts in the Vox family that actually understand the South and rural areas in general, instead of looking down their nose at them. Who can I direct my anger towards? Um, you know, I don't know exactly who made the decision as to who on our team was getting furloughed and who wasn't. Uh, I haven't asked that question. I'm not particularly interested in it at this point. Um, I know it was nobody on our team. I know who our CEO is and I know who our publisher is. Uh, the CEO of Vox Media and the publisher of Vox Media. Those are both Googleable facts. If they were not the ones who made the decision, they certainly uh, are responsible for the people who did. So if those are the people you want to be mad at, Worst case, uh, it's safe to say that they agree with the decision. I find it hard, like, 
can we lay all right let's let's lay one thing kind of bare here and then we can move it on because spencer's not gonna like it it is that's okay that's fine it is very fucking wild everybody who got furloughed both on banner society and on sb nation like my heart true really and truly breaks for because almost every one of those people i have worked with or managed or looked up to um in some capacity in my somewhat short but very strange path at the company and that said like i find it very almost darkly comic that holly floyd godfrey and i are supposed to run a college football thing for the next three months and Spencer Hall is not a part of it. Like I, and I, I seriously don't say that to disrespect Alex or Jason or Richard who are super talented and work super hard. And in many cases, and Spencer will attest to this are like far less of a pain in the ass to deal with than Spencer. But like we are all here in large part, and this is 100% directly factually true for me because of who Spencer is and what he has done and what he has built. Like if you think Banner Society is a fun and different part of the internet, it doesn't exist without Spencer there to lay that foundation. Like we very specifically didn't want it to just be EDSBS 2.0. And in some ways it is, but in most ways I don't, I, I think it is sufficiently different, but like it's not there without him. Um, you're not here without him. I'm not here without him. You're not here without him. Like the yeah, chain. I mean, quite literally, go down the begat chain. Spencer pulled me into this. I pulled Jason and Floyd. So I came up through the Falcoholic, our Falcon site, Espionation Atlanta, all of that, and I was um, working at Espionation.com, but like. 99.9% of y'all <laughs> listeners would have never heard of, me, heard of me if Spencer hadn't, you know, brought me on to do a YouTube show with him. Like I would just be some do some editor, you know, at SB nation. And that's all. So yeah, I, I include myself in this group. As well. in the, Jason was toiling in the back of the spreadsheet mines with me and Floyd. It's, um, it's weird. And I'm, I'm trying not to be too like personal here. Uh, cause God knows this is not the place, but like, I still have a very vivid memory of meeting Spencer and Holly for the first time and how like, this was, this was granted it was in a breakfast establishment in Knoxville next to an adult bookstore. Um, um, about the other thing, but like, and I think they both know this, but like, I was fucking starstruck. Like these were people that I had looked up to that I thought were incredibly smart incredibly talented and just like the chance of being able to spend 30 minutes with them was like fucking crazy. And I did not make this easy for Ryan for reasons that we have already told on other podcasts. No, and, and, and entirely warranted. Um, so yeah, like I had refused to meet you for like what, two years at that point. I think if you asked, I'll, I'll, I'll close this question um, this way and then we can move on. I think if you went around to every single member of our team except Spencer and said, who is the one person we need to keep going and to keep like pushing what we do and showing us who we are, Spencer Hall would be the answer. 
and like I can try to come up with some convoluted reasons why certain people got furloughed or why this strategy is happening. I know that they're not decisions we made. I like, I can't come up with a really good answer as to why Spencer is out. And it's going to be a very, being without Spencer and Jason is going to be incredibly weird for me for the next three months because like, listen, the company doesn't listen to this podcast and they definitely don't listen this this deep to it. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do without those two. Are you fucking kidding me? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Can I take the baton from you here? Please do. And first of all, thank you for saying what we all think about Spencer because every time, every once in a while when I catch feelings and do it on the internet, everybody thinks we're fucking. But no, this, this guy gave me a career uh, literally found the house that I'm living in right now uh, and, you know, has saved my actual life on more than one occasion. And he really hates it when I bring that up, which is why I only do it every once in a while. I would like to talk about Jason, yeah, which is going to be even more fun because we have video turned off. Can't see Jason cringe from this. And he's in Kennesaw, so he can't get here by the time I get all this out of and my system. And he's even worse at talking about feelings. Oh yeah, than I am. he's worse. He's worse at this than Spencer, which is why yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stare at the moon. I'm ready. <laughs> the one place um, where a man can have emotions: the moon. I I used to famously tell this joke, and it was not a joke. The team was expanding, but it it took two people to replace me in SB Nation because I was doing like four people's jobs: uh, Jason and Floyd nominally took over what I was doing, but both of them, of course, have expanded to do shit that I could never do and did this almost immediately. This site that you see uh, and SB Nation, as you see before that, uh, the college football slice of SB Nation that you see before that, and all of Banner Society, Jason, uh, the ticking clock behind this, the person that makes all the trains run, that's not me. That's Jason. Uh, he has he has the organizational mind of someone with way less ADD than I do, and also he's the funniest person on this show, which you've heard me say before. And he is so much better at me than I am at both of these things that I don't even resent him for that. Do you have any idea how much far ahead of me he has to be for me to not be even a little bit mad that he's so good? But fuck, man, what the hell are we supposed to do? without jason here's here's what's fucked up if you if you look at like spencer and jason in tandem the thing i have learned from spencer is like you can always you can always push harder you can always be like weirder or different or more different or like lean into your instinct um wherever that goes and the thing i have learned from jason is that like you can always make an idea better and those sound maybe similar, but they're actually very different. Like the value I have gotten from working with both of them hand in hand is immeasurable. And like you add into that Alex and Richard who just like work their asses off for not a lot of money, who had to be on the union committee, not had to be, chose to be uh, part of the union um, that negotiated their own furlough terms and did an admirable job of it and like holly will agree with this i suspect even though it's detrimental to both of our long-term uh chances of success 
if you wanted to, if you had room for four people and you wanted to start a dope college football thing, those are the four people you should hire. No, I said this out loud on Twitter. If, if it had been my job to craft a Banner Society skeleton crew, I would have done the inverse of what has been done here. But also, like we said, we weren't consulted about this. I will. We're going to be sad and mad about it for a really long time. I will yank us vigorously back onto the tracks. I heard it yank us vigorously. I'm sorry about that. Here um, comes the Petrino. What is the weirdest thing you now care about because of this show? That's from Popeye's Rules. I think this is the answer for most of us, but you all can have your own opinions. I actually care about pit football. <laughs> and like, yes. and yeah. like, I, I shouldn't like, like, like I, I, I have a soft spot for Arizona state and some of the other schools that we've sort of like picked up here and there. But like, I, I care about pit football in a way that when they, when they lose, when they lost the, uh, the Penn state game last year, I was like, I was visibly upset. I was frustrated. That's crazy. When the uh, the news came out that Pitt was, uh, I forget the exact thing, but they were making some progress on coronavirus research. I was like, wow, my alma mater, <laughs> the value of my degree. Oh, I didn't go in there. Fuck it. It's the end of the world. I went to Pitt. Like if, if and when this show returns or some alternate form of it does, and if and when we do live shows again, there are two places I'm sure we're going. One is Indianapolis because <laughs> no, this field... isn't even this isn't even funny anymore. We have to. Yeah, home, home field fucking rolls, and like we will, we will, we will follow those dudes. Okay, so he wants to go. Also, um, Alex is the Anthony Bourdain of Indianapolis. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, Say Anthony Bourdain in a pit accent. Uh, I don't think I'm and the other one is Pitt, is Pittsburgh, yeah, um, Pittsburgh. And, and or Philadelphia, which is also Anthony, America's greatest Alex city. Alex is also the Anthony Bourdain of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm an ancestral West Virginian. Do you know how fucking weird it is <laughs> for me to be like pulled around to having sympathy, let alone enthusiasm for Pitt? You have reversed a rivalry that ended bitterly against my team in my heart, thanks to the Pitt super weapon. I now it's the front yard brawl. Yeah. I can tell yeah. you the... the thing that the weirdest thing that i did not know would capture my heart would be two septuagenarians who call (laughs) and call it with every single god like iota atom particle of their being vibrating with nothing but sheer love for fundamentally sound wholesome family-friendly michigan football goddamn crossing route that's right honest it's about honest football (laughs) i love brand satter and deardorff so much more but when we brought that to the podcast like everyone's love and excitement over this only magnified it for me i really i think if they were in the room i would never ever be able to convince them that i wasn't making fun of them (laughs) right yes right but that this is just the highest form of love I know how to express. We did, um, we did before the holidays attempt to get a pair of sack time hats to Deardorff and Brandy, and that kind of fell apart due to the world falling apart. But uh, if you're out there, uh, I heard, I did hear that one of their daughters at one point may have listened to that episode. Uh, if you're out there, man, man, we love your dads. I know that's not new for me, but yeah, we tell, love your dads. Tell, tell them we love them and go blue. 
Yeah. Also, shout out the Michigan football Twitter account. We see you. You are seen. You are appreciated. Yeah. We we saw you uh, participating in our love for your announcers. Um, I forget the exact phrase, but it, it was it was very clearly that we were we were all in that thing together, man. Hmm. All right, I'll take one. Uh, do any of y'all's family members listen to the show? If so, please provide their reviews. Uh, I will do a lightning round. I didn't think so. Nobody in my family has ever indicated that they do, which I much prefer. However, I don't know how else she could have found out by either listening to the show or following our Twitter account. My mother emailed me like eight hours after he first mentioned it to ask when Jason's education Bible school was going up. Um, so you know get on that Jason your audience awaits I know my (laughs) wife doesn't listen to the show because um, I have this very dipshit thing that I do whenever she's like I just listened to a new uh, a new uh, podcast that I really like and I say oh the shutdown forecast (laughs) no I will never listen to that Um, I cannot imagine any of my like or my my parents or no like no there's no, the the closest I probably get is like, uh, there is a friend, there is a there is a friend of mine who is married to one of Caitlin's very good friends, who listens to this show, and I don't know if he wants to be affiliated with it, so I won't name him here. But hey, I'll Andrew, I'll name you. Damn it! Sorry, I met them. They're nice. No, I know. I just didn't know if he wanted to have. It, but yeah, no, they're oh, no. Know. No, I don't have family members who listen. Andrew, to you should be used to disappointment. Go blue. Damn. Uh, my wife does not listen wisely. She was at our Atlanta live show, though, sitting directly next to Super Drunk <laughs> Scott Frost. Guy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think um, I think Godfrey's wife has listened to this show before. Uh, yeah, I think I that is canon. Yeah. I hope not. I like her a lot. Listen, you can tell by who she married. She's not great at decisions. Also, I have a uh, my my dad is a big college football fan, and you know I, I said like, hey, we have a super stupid football podcast. You should listen to it. He's like, uh huh. Who's on it? I'm like, oh, my friend Ryan, my friend Holly. And he's like, uh, who else? And I'm like, okay, so Spencer's on it, and he's like, I'm out. <laughs> because back when we did our YouTube thing, Spencer, you made an atheist joke. I only remember the context. He heard that, and he's like, nope, I'm out on Spencer. <laughs> young man. I, he's 100% right. Wait, has your dad been the one leaving us bad reviews on iTunes? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, wait, are we getting bad reviews on iTunes now? Oh yeah, yeah, we get, a, we get a handful of bad. Every now and then somebody who's like, their only other thing they've reviewed on the app store is like um, an encyclopedia app that they thought was woefully broken uh, mm-hmm. will leave us a review that's like, they're not funny anymore. And it's like, well, we weren't funny to begin with, so <laughs> checkmate. That's our secret, cat. <laughs> oh, I do like the ones that call us Florida's finest unaccredited vacation Bible college. Um, please, even after Jason's actual finest vacation Bible, Bible college is up, please keep trying to convince people that we are some kind of seminary. I think yes. my favorite one is the one that a while back we put in our Twitter header. So yeah, just go look at that one. That is that is the uh, the canonical description of our show. Ow! I think. Oh God, that hurt. Do we have an, Do we have our second full cast injury of the day? Yes. 
Oh God, Ryan's is funnier. I'm not divulging that one. Oh no, we can can we divulge it after? Maybe. I'm just out of vodka. Mostly is the main problem with that. So okay. I I'm going to take I'm going to take a quick one here. Um, actually, no, no, I'm going to hold on that one. You're, you're hold holding on, on 30 All seconds. Right, I, I'm going to sw- I'm going to swipe one from Jason. Which episode got you in the most trouble with Vox Media? <laughs> this is from John Ed. Um, Jason, do you have an? A- you claim this? Do you have an answer to this? I just wanted to note I've never heard a single fucking word of feedback I, from I, me uh, Ryan. No, I I listen. I know the shit we say about the Vox Media podcast that advertise that we don't know about going in here. I know that um, you can listen to certain Vox.com personalities tell you that you should give Vox.com money the same week that you find out that uh, we're furloughing members of this very podcast. Uh, I oh, know we by talk- the way, that doesn't go to us, if no. you were wondering. No, it definitely... It never, it it never, def- and it definitely doesn't go to Spencer and Jason now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like, I know what we say. I I am I think the the my three co-hosts will agree that I am the most risk averse member of this crew. I think you are, the mo- which is why we gave you all these questions. Right. And I think the most about like well, if this happens, we this could go wrong blah 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 blah. This is the one thing where I don't think about that because I know based on history it will never come back it has never come back to bite us. And if anything we've said on this show comes back to bite us, I can promise them that we won't do that in the next episode. Yeah, that'll be all up to Floyd. Uh, I'm going to swipe another question from Jason. Has Godfrey ever complained about the tweets that are directed toward him from the full cast audience? Godfrey doesn't listen to the full cast or check tweets. Next. Godfrey has muted all of you. Yep. Uh, the last one I had was our Dr. Manhattan. And one of these days we will all tell you a really funny, true story about his dick. <laughs> about Godfrey's dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, Y'all know it's, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I do. It's Ole Miss Godfrey's rebel powder blue. Like, uh, yeah. You know, you know how we know our managers don't listen to this show. Godfrey's technically my direct report. Oh boy. Well, I mean, for the, what time is it? Do I still have a job? You do, yeah. Unless I didn't get an email, which is possible. I'm Ryan's director for it. This is funny. Everyone's everyone's boss now. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, God, I accidentally told the truth about our order chart. Oh, well. <laughs> they know nothing. Jason, what were you going to do for your last one? Uh, the last one I had was, will you ever let Spencer do the British accent again? Who the fuck can stop him now? Wow. Oi! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Frankly, I think it's funny. So, yes, I will. Spencer, you can come on my Bible show. And we're going to break down the book of Esther in your British accent, okay? So I realized I don't actually resent Spencer's British accent. I resent Spencer doing Ricky Gervais. Yeah, because if, if he brought Ricky Gervais into our sphere, if he didn't yeah. have Eddie Izzard, this would be a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Or if he was just like being any any like normal, charming British actor, it would be fine. But he's not. He's being Ricky Gervais and therefore yeah, trying to bother us. What's it like believing in God? <laughs> hey can i throw in one more okay okay i'm gonna take a a question here what's the best time you have had as a team can i bring up something that i just forgot until this second sure it's another home field story fart wolves fart wolves yeah the fart wolves incident was i i don't want to go i can't possibly remember all the good times we've had as a team the fart wolves incident and its outfall, its outfall, its fallout, may have been the most fun I had all year. 
The most fun we've had as a team. That's uh, no, I actually know my answer to this, and that is the um, the Atlanta live show. By yeah. far, yeah. yeah. The Atlanta live show was because we hadn't done one before. That theater was large, and I think we like. I think we all had a lot of questions about like, will this work in this format? Will people like show up? And it was like, all, all of the live shows have been great. The Ann Arbor live show in a fucking library, like the Ann Arbor library is great. And I will like always have good feelings about them based on how they, how they like helped us make that happen. Um, but the Atlanta live show was like truly one of the best things we've done really as a group, because it was like, we got, to, that's really where I feel like we met a lot of people for the first time. That's also the the point at the very first point at which I was like, because you know numbers are bullshit. Uh, down downloads are bullshit. Apple charts are bullshit. And that time, you know, we we hear that we have sold out the show. Showing up and seeing that many people, I don't think I had a clue until that moment that we might be what you call onto something. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you can like I I have a very hard face to read, and I made it worse by putting a big beard over it, but. Uh, I'm terrified that entire time until like about, eh, you know, 10 minutes from the end of the show. I just like, I didn't expect people to show up and then people showed up. One other very fun thing about that is we still had Bill Connolly, Bud Elliott, Harry Lyles, Morgan Moriarty. We had a, we had a bigger group at the time and that was cool. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> um, shit all right we have a couple more do we want to get those or do we want to move towards yeah, sure. yeah let's let's do the last two let's do the last two okay i'll take this uh, first you you can take the first one holly uh what's one thing you fully sincerely unironically love about this i want to put a stop to that question first of all i don't believe in loving things ironically you're either comfortable about what you love or you're you're not don't bring irony into this um, I love everything about this show with my full, stupid, uh, smoking, coal-lined pit where my human heart should be. I, yeah. I, um, this is, this is sort of borrowing from a question I didn't take for this, but somebody basically asked, like, if it were up to you, would you cover, would you, would this show cover, like, the most exciting and awesome parts of college football or the weirdest and stupidest? And I think, like, my answer is probably pretty obvious, weirdest and stupidest. <clears throat> but um, what I what I love about having done not just this show, but, like, what the work we've done as a college football group is that even though, like, we're not always particularly nice about it and we're not always, like, def- we're definitely not deferential about it, I think working with this team – and with the audience that we have had, that we have is um, has really like expanded what I care about as a football fan. Like I'm excited when Florida wins, but that doesn't really dictate how I engage with the sport as much as it used to. And it used to a lot like, you know, Michigan's a really good example. I, I didn't give a shit about Michigan football five years ago. And I wouldn't call myself a Michigan fan, but like 
there are Michigan fans that I know and like, and it's because of this show and it's because of the work that we do. There are Georgia fans that I know and like because of this show um, and because of the work that we do. And that like, it's that kind of applies across the board, even Notre, like, listen, there are Notre Dame fans. I know and like largely because of this show, the first person I hired at Vox media was a Notre Dame fan. So I, I like, I hope that, and I think, you know, we saw a lot of very nice com- comments that sort of got to this. I hope that this show has shown you, the listener, that college football is not just about who ESPN decides to put in prime time, who's contending for the Heisman, who's in the top 25. Like, the reason we love it and I, I'm I'm going to speak a little bit for the whole group, is that, man, it's a real weird buffet. There are some things on this buffet that shouldn't be there that are not safe to eat, but it's funny they're there. And next year they might be good. And next year something that was good might have turned. And I think it's the 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 sort of the diversity of emotion and experience that you get with that that has made this a really rewarding experience for me. The thing I completely and sincerely love about this is that, uh, I get to record it with y'all. <sighs> I co-sign all those. Um, one thing that means a lot to me is, uh, there's this idea that, you know, stupid things are bad. Well, I think the four of us and anyone who manages to clock in for this podcast would tweak that just a little bit to stupid things are interesting. <laughs> and, and, and even further, stupid things are uh, entertaining. And in fact, stupid things are good. Um, there's that from sort of a content standpoint. There is also this thing where, you know, only so many points in our lives do we get to sync up with people who have these weird misfit brains like ours. Um, and that is a special thing to treasure. That is a thing to remember. And that is a thing to hang on for as long as you can, because, you know, it, it, it is not easy to find, you know, it sort of goes without saying sort of the definition of misfit, but I think we have built a thing where people are comfortable with being wrong. Oh we're, oh, we're wrong all the time. Shit. And proudly, defiantly, exuberantly. All right. Um, I guess we'll we'll start to close it out here. Um, Wait, we got one more. Oh, you want you want to do this one? No, we can if you want. I don't mind. If you, if, if you have them, real quick. Doesn't no, you don't have to. There's no round robin round table here. I kind I kind of hit okay. So so this one I remember from, all of them is the reason I wanted to do it. So this one came from Ed. It's what were your first impressions of each other? I've already sort of touched upon mine with um, Holly and Spencer. I'll be real honest. Jason is so like calm and cool and collected in all in all circumstances that I don't remember my first impression of him because I'm sure I was just like cool. He's he's like like totally fine. And didn't do anything to like really, you know, like really give me a big feeling either way. And that's just because like, that's who Jason is in a lot of circumstances. He's just like, yep, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be working and Bud's going to guess your weight 
And um, we're going to go from there. Bud did guess my weight the first time I met him. <laughs> I, have, I have told the story of the first time I met Bud, right? I think so, yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, Holly, I don't know what your first impressions were. So I want to go last. What were Jason's? Okay. Um, Ryan, I assume you're wearing a suit. It's entirely possible. <laughs> Holly, I actually, I remember it was my first trip to the D.C. offices for right after I was hired. It was also my first trip, and we were both yeah. sick as shit. And uh, yes, I walked in. I had no hearing because I had a sinus thing, and then I got on a plane with a clogged head, and I had no hearing for the whole first two days of meeting my like dream job coworkers. Um, I walk in the room. There's a whole bunch of people, and this is back when the thing that became Vox Media was literally two rooms. Um, I walk in, and I'm like, oh, hello, 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 waving around at everybody. I'd never seen a picture of Holly's face, so like – Holly, I think somehow you recognize me, but I had no way of recognizing you. I don't you. know how, because I don't think I knew what you looked like. Yeah, I mean, maybe I just sort of projected a whole, like, oh, right, this is the new guy. I don't know. I um, remember us both sniffling in the corner like Victorian wards for most of that series of days. <laughs> there is that. And it, it took me, like, three hours until I realized, like, oh, this person is Holly. Hi, Holly. <laughs> um, I do this where I just talk to people without introducing myself and then like three hours later it's like oh hey I know you <laughs> um Spencer I remember this was SB Nation Atlanta's launch party it would have been the summer of 20 2009 something like that um I remember I was there you know we we're all like oh let's talk about the Braves and the dogs and all that stuff and I look up and I'm like oh shit Spencer Hall is here um <laughs> Number one Braves fan. <laughs> I remember I walked over and I'm like, and I'm like, hey, hey, are you Spencer Hall? I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of yours. Um, uh, you know, like all that shit. And, uh, and yeah, like Spencer gave me the time of day. We talked about what the, there was the, I think it was during the John Isner match. Like the, 50- oh, the, the mega match at Wimbledon? Yeah. Like the 50- oh, Isner, Isner Mahout? Yeah. Yeah, so like yeah. we talked about that, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Spencer Hall talked to me about tennis, and then like, yeah, next thing you know, we were coworkers, and and then uh, we went to WrestleMania. That was when we sealed our pact of brotherhood. Was Stone Cold coming out on the ATV? Yeah, we, we were baptized in the green lights of the Undertaker's entrance. Yeah. Um. All right, before we before we start signing uh, this very long sign off, if you hey, thought this is yeah, I, you don't have any impressions. I, I do have. Um, okay, you can. I, I didn't know. I didn't think you wanted, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I got I, I got one for each of you. One, oh I Ryan was very clean. Ew. <laughs> he seems very, very. He seems very well. He seemed very. He well, seemed toothsome. He seemed really well groomed. You know, like he seemed like a very. I'm so glad we pushed you to do this. <laughs> that was my first. He seems like a very well taken care of person, you know. That was it, you know. He was very well groomed. The more you say it, he was clean. Very clean. I had like the oldest old person thought ever about him. I was like, he's a very clean boy. And then he went on to put on a fucking onion costume somebody else wore. Spencer, you're like, I'd like to see my daughter marry a guy like him. So now I need to have a daughter. Yeah, he's, he's very hygienic. What, what Spencer's describing um, is medium dick energy. So. <laughs> oh 
smoldering with absolutely magic <laughs> energy. Yeah. No, she's very clean. I was like, wow, it's a very please move on to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was like, oh, Brian, you're very clean. I remember thinking, I was like, ah, I don't know. Jason could just be like a Georgia normie. Then I noticed he had some pretty gnarly tats. And I was like, okay, we can roll. And that was like five tats ago. Yeah, it was like five. That was before he was seriously tatted up. But yeah, I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. Um, and Holly, time I saw Holly, I was just like, oh, hey. Just walked in the door. She's always been there. That's just never just, just like, oh, yeah. It's not that I ever started working with Holly um, or stopped. It's just always been there. Frankly, the, frankly, Jason and Ryan are at that status where I'm like, I don't know how. Ryan got clean and I got wallpaper? No, you did not get wallpaper. You got like, oh, you hey. Got, you got that's drywall. Holly. You got yeah. drywall, Holly. Holly, I think it's more like you're haunting, haunting yeah. Spencer. The thing yeah. that I was going to say that I thought Spencer was going to remember, but he didn't, is that the first time he met me, he hugged me and I didn't say anything and I was like oh Jesus Christ this guy's a hugger and I think he must have, I think he must have immediately sensed my repulsion because I don't think we hugged again until my wedding yeah it was like 10 years yeah 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 so anyway I appreciate that thank I, you I think we thank have, you for the eight years between hugs that was a good that's a good if you can have, if you can have an eight-year rotation between hugs <laughs> And expressions of emotion. I think you're doing real well. Oh God! Um, right. um, somebody made a request. Yeah, yeah. There is there is a song request on line 36. The Spencer, I would like you to, to so, go wait, ahead wait. and hold, hold hold on before we get there. Um, because I don't think we true we kind of hit on this a little bit. Um, obviously, starting May 1st, which is when the furlough starts, you're not going to see jason spencer alex and richard on banner society that sucks and we're sad um holly godfrey floyd and i are still going to try to do something i'll be real honest we're kind of figuring out what the fuck that even looks like um that said like you probably already guessed that and and jason has already sort of alluded to it jason and spencer and richard and alex are not just going to like sit in a corner and mope um they will continue making really cool shit. I don't think you'll be surprised to learn that the those of us still working for the company actively will be telling you to go check out said dope shit. Um, not that you needed our endorsement to do it in the first place, but um, a lot of you have reached out in various forms to let us to ask how you can um, how you can help, how you can support. Uh, the the colleagues we have who are about to again go without a paycheck for three months um, the answer is we're working on it and we're hopefully uh, they will hopefully have some information really soon about ways you can keep getting cool shit from them and supporting them in the process you've already heard about Jason's and when you hear about new projects from the other three uh, of our what we're calling our moon crew please be assured that uh we will yell it at you um meanwhile the shutdown forecast twitter account will just start blasting you uh uh spamware links to free ipads <laughs> I'm pretty I, would, about that. I would love it if they uh tried to take that account like i don't even 
that that would be that would be quite a quite what is a, the uh, what is the funniest thing we could do with that oh. account? Just like just like start tweeting out like extremely um, old Vox.com podcasts. Start beefing with Recode Decode. Wow. Nah, Kara's Kara's tough, man. I don't really want that. I don't really want that heat. I'm gonna start sending like mods or asleep tweets from like the Banner Society account at. <laughs> at yeah. I mean, what time do they go to sleep? Like eight thirty? I'm gonna send it at nine. Yeah, that's about right. So the second to last question we have on the spreadsheet is as following: Cassio Dog, play the moon theme from Ducktales. Wow. yeah yeah the last great the last question of this our last episode of uh sure whatever is no questions just talk about the moon some more buddy you're about to get your wish was that a dramatic pause or did I did it what did it go too long? I feel like it went no, too I long. No, I think it's fine. I think it was fine. super dramatic. Yeah. All right. If you're clocking out now, we are the shutdown full cast for Spencer Hall, Ryan Nanny, and Jason Kirk. I am Stephen Godfrey. The theme song you heard tonight at the opening of the show was by Angeli Shaw, who played it on every instrument she had around the house when she should have been studying for her medical boards. Thank you, Angeli. Go back to your books. Y'all, did you know that before Mission Control had time to digest a reported UFO sighting from Gemini 6, they heard an extraterrestrial rendition of Jingle Bells coming from space? No, I I did not know that. No. (laughs) Anyway, this is me trying to to shoehorn in the the knowledge that uh, Shira and Stafford smuggled a harmonica and miniature sleigh bells onto Gemini 6, especially for this moment. You can see the harmonica uh, at the Air and Space Museum at the Smithsonian. I thought that was an excellent way to I'd, get into this, and clearly ast- I was wrong. Astronauts were such assholes, because like there were all these scientists being like, listen, this is exactly what we're packing. This is exactly what we're not packing. Don't fuck with it. And they were like, fuck you. I'm bringing, I'm bringing my skateboard. I don't care if <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm bringing my trombone. <laughs> why? And why? Hey, why? Because it's funny. That's you, why. Yeah, you put a bunch of white guys in a confined space. One of them will produce an acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of led me to something that I have wanted to point out about space for a very long time, which is that I think this show is one of the only media outlets that depicts space correctly. Uh, the only other, you know, we've seen the Apollo 13 movie. The, the, the theme is very stirring. We've seen from earth to the moon in IMAX. It's, you know, chills up and down your arms, but 
the only popular depiction of space that I've ever seen that really comes close to what it was like was in the HBO miniseries from Earth to the Moon, uh, in the episode Mare Tranquilitatis. And in that episode, Michael Collins suggests to Neil Armstrong that he say, oh my God, what is that thing? And then scream and cut his mic the second he steps out onto the surface <laughs> of the moon. Um, but anyway, because there are not enough popular depictions that astronauts were really like in popular culture, and because we're not going to be with you for a little while, um, I have arranged uh, via transcript from spacelog.org. Uh, some of these were collected by Tumblr user Weaver Z. Uh, some quotes from Apollo 11 that I think we all really want to carry in our hearts through these next few months. I have cast uh, everyone in their bits as follows. Uh, in this first one, we are checking in with Michigan Control after breakfast. I'm going to have Jason play Michael Collins. I'm going to have Ryan playing Bruce McCandless in Mission Control. And Spencer, you're playing Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> And Ryan, please feel free to make mission control noises with your mouth. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Oh, we'll, cool. very, we'll police academy this shit. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. super clean mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog. Holly, do we have any uh, direction for these characters, uh, for our interpretations of them? or? So I, I have a lot of thoughts about Michael Collins and Spencer. I know you do too. He's just like a, I, me, I kind of picture him as a delightfully weird, mildly demented dude. Let, let me tell you what. Michael Collins is the human being who had to go by himself farthest from any other human being in the history of our species across the He's dark the side of the moon. He's the only astronaut I'm, astronaut I'm really jealous of. He went, uh, he went across the dark side of the moon, was out of radio contact for over 45 minutes, and when asked to describe that experience, Michael Collins said, not loneliness, but more a form of exhilaration, of elation. Got so, it. Yeah, I'm going for I'm going for Sam Neill and Event Horizon. Got yep. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. We're after breakfast at Apollo 11. And Jason, you can lead us off. I'd like to enter Aldrin in the oatmeal eating contest next time. Uh, is he pretty good at that? He's doing his share up here. Well, let's see. You all just finished a meal uh, not too long ago, too, didn't you? I'm still eating. Okay. Uh, does that, uh, that, um, he's on his, he's on his 19th bowl. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin up there just hoovering all the oatmeal. <laughs> just like, I, I'm actually surprised that you don't hear from Armstrong in this quote, but I imagine that's because Armstrong is on his 27th bowl of oatmeal. He's like, this is the most delicious meal I've ever eaten. It's so spicy. <laughs> you know Neil Armstrong missed astronaut food. <laughs> Didn't have to think about it at all. All right. So in the next one, we have uh, Jason. <laughs> you knew I was going to include this one. <laughs> uh, Jason is Collins. Spencer is Aldrin. And they are having a fight over what does or does not constitute a good star. And again, this is an actual transcript from Apollo 11. Minkins, God, what a star. Nobody in their right... Minkins, good. Nobody in their right mind would pick that one. Minkins, a good star. 
Michael Collins. All right. Jason is Michael Collins. Ryan comes in as Neil Armstrong. And Spencer is Aldrin. Uh, and we are fighting over what to name Critters of the Moon. Let's see. Uh, this is a long line. Let me read ahead here. Yeah. He's complaining about what the fuck the is happening in this He's scene. Complaining about the quality of the photographs that they're going to be able to bring back. <laughs> okay, because I see the word "shoot" through this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what caught my eye. <laughs> I'm talking about shooting. All right, that's a horrible window. It's too bad we have to shoot through this one, but oh boy, you could spend a lifetime just geologizing that one crater alone. You know that? You could. That's how I'd like to spend my lifetime, but picture that. Beautiful. Yeah, there's a big mother over here, too. Come on now, Buzz. Don't refer to them as big mothers. Give them some scientific name. <laughs> big mother. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, does nothing to, this does nothing to dissuade me from thinking that Buzz Aldrin is just like a badger. I'm, I'm gonna fuck the moon. Yeah, yeah. That moon's got a big sweet fanny. <laughs> God damn it. You see the can on that one? <laughs> Hand me my gun. I'm going to town. Look at the ham hocks on that, mama. The gun I definitely brought on the moon mission. <sighs> In this next one, we're going back to Jason as Michael Collins and Ryan down at Mission Control. And at this point, they were trying to figure out how much more food they were going to have to load onto the lunar module for Apollo 12 to support Al Bean, who was going to pilot Apollo 12. I feel like with Collins having the first line in all these, that it's like the crew is sitting around. Um, I, I realize this is, a, this is a different group now, but like Armstrong will not speak unless anyone else speaks, unless he has to speak. Aldrin is lost in his own brain. So then Collins has some sort of spacey thought that Aldrin wants to pounce on and Armstrong feels compelled to, I guess I'll say a couple words, right? Yeah, Aldrin is just constantly staring at his own ass going, I know you'll betray me. (laughs) Staring at his own ass like, there's another sweet fanny. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We're trying to calculate how much spaghetti and meatballs we can get on board for Al Bean. Um... Yeah, I'm not sure the spacecraft will take that much extra weight. Have you made any estimates? It'll be close. Uh, 11, Houston, the medics at the next console report that the shrew is one animal which can eat six times its own body weight every 24 hours. (laughs) This may be a satisfactory baseline for your spaghetti calculations on Al Bean. Over. Okay. Thank you. That's in work. This is, I'm so grateful that they transcribe every moment of every NASA mission. I love that there's some nerds like, it, the nerds in horn rims and short sleeve shirts and ties, like two consoles and they're like, true! This is true! Okay, this is where Alex Kirshner fits in at NASA. Definitely mm-hmm. true. What is the zip code of Hoisington, Kansas? Alright, uh, just a couple more of these because I feel like hammering my point home i just like them uh ryan you're playing mission control jason you are collins and we are uh uh, we're having some sort of technical discussion and then jason reassures us that all is as it should be now now ryan when when you uh 
when you, when you check in here, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be breaking out of a stupor, so it's gonna take okay. a while for it to sink in. Okay, okay. gotcha, I gotcha. <clears throat> uh, Apollo 11, Houston. Go ahead. Uh, Roger, Mike, we recommend the left VHF antenna for VHF. And this is your friendly backup CMP. Have a good trip. And remember to come in BEF. You better believe. Forward. You better believe. Thank you kindly. We can see the moon passing by the window. And it looks what I consider to be a correct size. Michael Collins is our greatest. Of Michael America. Collins was on one, man. Like, <laughs> Michael Collins, if you read about him, like he didn't need drugs. He was the person who just came like prepackaged that they're like, well, we need an astronaut to be completely alone on the dark side of the moon for hours at a time. And they're like, Mike, that's uh, Mike. Go, yeah. go Mike. Houston, I'm on a new level. like i I did a lot of i I put a lot of collins love in here because i feel like i do feel like if i could go back and redo any of our space adventures i wouldn't change any of them but i would add in some more collins love because he is underrepresented in popular culture two more things about michael collins because i'm a stan one michael collins loved the uh loved the actual craft like the ship so much and loved flying it so much that he wrote it a thank you note on the inside of the machine. What did that thank you note say? Say, I have never flown a finer craft. I will never fly. Like just, just the sweetest note to, to a, a can <laughs> that they flew in. And he absolutely, like he left it a very sincere note. The second is, you know who else has a sweet can? <laughs> it's Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. Uh, Buzz uh, Aldrin just staring out over the moon like all those curves and me with no brakes. Let me at it. (laughs) Oh my God, Dan Deardorff on the moon. (laughs) Folks, if we can ever get a show coming back, we're doing Dan Deardorff on the moon. God, sack sack time just took on a much worse turn. So the other thing about Michael Collins, I read an interview with him, you know, when he, I think he was about 78, 80. And, they said, well, what's, you know, like a surprising thing that you, you know, like, what, what do you think about it? And he goes, yeah, sometimes, like, I'll go out in my backyard, and I'll just look up at the sky, and there'll be the moon, and I'll go, hey, that's crazy, I was up there once. <laughs> Michael, yeah, he's awesome. We got one more. Zodiac time! <laughs> All right, last one. This is Spencer as Aldrin, Ryan as Armstrong, and Spencer in the weird reversal of not being the one who has weird shit in his pockets. And I should note that in real life, Spencer has spent the last five minutes peeling pieces of skin off his hands and dropping them onto my desk. But that's why it's called acting. Where's your watch? Got your stopwatch? Uh, yeah, I got it in my pocket. Well, that, that's over, okay? And one thing I'd appreciate if you could uh, see the if what? you could... The, the map. Where, yeah, the map. What do you want? I've got... <laughs> that it? Where do you want it? Trade you for that piece of gum. There, there it is. When do we have to get these? All right, go on. What do you mean by bringing bring CSM trash in here? Well, that's stuff I had left over in my pocket. Pox gun. Neil Armstrong <laughs> did not empty his pockets before going into space. And <laughs> we can't let Spencer be an astronaut. <laughs> I, by the way, 
I love that the idea here where he says, trade you for a piece of gum. I assume Aldrin means that literally and that he was planning to open his face mask to put it in his mouth <laughs> on the moon. Like, hold on a second. <gasps> that was brisk. <laughs> I feel like this is where we should play the DuckTales moon theme again. Um, all right. Thank you, folks, for listening to our journey through space. Um, we would like to close our show tonight with a, a little something different that I don't think we'll ever do again because Ryan has already injured himself attempting it once. We're going to try a little song of praise with okay. some old friends and some friends we hope to see again. How is, how is this working again? How did we decide? Who wants to play, who wants to play the backing track? I, I, th- I think, Should it be me? Yeah. All right. Has everybody got everybody got their parts? Um, I'm almost certainly going to fuck it up, but yeah. Well, that's okay because you're going first. <clears throat> that's true. Okay, I think I know what my verse is, so I think okay. I'm good. All right. Yeah, Jason, you got the dirty one. Yes, thank you. And Spencer has the one about quitting. Spencer, no, you got read the lyrics on this. Right, I got you. I got you. Close that. It's going to confuse you. All right, folks, we're we're going to close on a hymn. This is uh, in the sweet by and by sometimes seen in your hymnal as a land that is fairer than day. We love you. We'll see you on the dark side of the moon. The land that is fairer than day (laughs) And by faith we can see it afar Oh, the water waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. I and by <laughs> we shall meet on the beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by <laughs> we shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall sing. On that beautiful shore, the melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirits shall sorrow no more, not a sigh for the blessing of rest. It's going to be a gator in the sweet. By and by, bye bye, y'all. We shall sing <clears throat> on that beautiful shore. In the sweet, by and by, again, bye bye, y'all. We shall sing on that beautiful shore. And get there in two strokes, y'all. To our bountiful Father above, <laughs> we will offer our tribute of praise <laughs> with the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow. Our days in the sweet by and by. Bye bye, y'all. We shall meet <laughs> in the sweet <laughs> by and by. God, it's we shall meet <laughs> on that beautiful shore. It's like, oh, that beautiful shore. <laughs> That was, that was terrifying. <laughs> Should we just cut it there? Yep.